All right, so let's talk a little bit about the markets here. Welcome to Bull Bear Radio. Market pricing's nuts. Each week, we catch up with WBI's experts, Matt and Don Schreiber. Down 77%. You know what you need to recover from that? A miracle. WBI brings you wealth building market insights. It's uh, you know, it's it's one of those bull bear radio episodes, number seventy four. Uh, will he or won't he is the question. Will he or won't he, Don Schreiber? And this isn't about whether he's going to get down on his knee and propose. This is whether or not Chairman Powell, the Federal Reserve, is going to walk back the expected interest rate cut Yikes. at the end of this month. Well, the and market- my goodness. The market. What do you think is going to happen if he does that, Matt? Well, the market's got uh, a ninety-three percent chance that there's going to be a twenty-five basis point rate cut. I read this morning it was up to a hundred percent. I I read ninety-three percent last night. So right. I mean, I think, if he I walks think it got more bullish this morning, and he does not cut. Holy cow! I'd say the market's toast. What do you think? Well, it's not toast, but you know. I think that we could have some challenges. Maybe you know, sunburn, one of the, one of really the things, severely sunburned. One of the, the risks that he has is walking this Baked. back in the face of, right into the teeth of one of the more challenging earning cycles that corporations have posted in the last 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the bond market continues to give us, you know, wacky, uh, you know, signals here. Check this out. Last week. The 30-year Treasury and the Fed funds rate inverted briefly, right? Since 1980, this has happened six times. Five of those times were right before huge drops in stocks, right? So wait a minute. So Wait a minute. Let's, let's roll that back again. So the 30-year bond yield yep. was below Fed funds rate. Yes. And... The last time that the 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 few times that that's happened since six 19, times since six 1980 times, since 1980 five times what happened big drop in stocks big 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 here here are the big drops right okay you got the double dip recessions of 1980 and 1982 okay okay then you've got the savings and loan crisis okay. Any, anything that, anything with a crisis in it doesn't sound good. The Asian debt crisis of 1997. This is, you another, know. Another C word. Uh-huh. The tech bubble bursting <laughs> in 2000. Yeah. And the financial crisis of another 2008, of right? That's a lot of crisis, crises. Well, it's it's like four or so of those. Three, three, three of five were, you know, bona fide crises. And the one time that it 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 didn't end in a uh, crisis, I don't know when that was. I didn't go back and look at that 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 particular uh, you know non-event. Nineteen eighty-six. So anyway, that that that's not boding well. Now at the same time, right, hedge funds, right, which are known for the long and short nature of what they do, trying to protect capital. Because of all of the volatility over the last year or so, hedge funds have had their best first half of the year since 2009. Mm -hmm. Uh Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 
posting a return of 5.7% on average, according to hedge fund research. All right. So, so hedge, the hedge, hedge funds hedge, had a had hedge a fund boys first, are doing, doing good half. this year. Yeah. 5.7%. Meanwhile, Wait people are taking money away from those guys like uh, they're going out of style. Well, that's because the S&P is up like 18% at the same time. And the only thing that matters in the world we know is the S&P 500 index. But this begs the question, does your client have the financial capacity? If you're listening to this, do you have the financial capacity, you know, to take it down 50 and not- A 50% loss and still recover. It usually takes five years or more to recover from a down 50. The last time we had a down 50, it took 10 years- from 2000 through, I don't know, and then we went right into the financial crisis. Yeah, well, it was the lost decade from 2000 yeah. to, you know. It was like, bad, right? Yeah, it was so bad. If you, and, and your goal is, obviously, not to just lose half your money and then and try to you, recover it. Do you have the fortitude? Financial capacity. Do you have the fortitude to hold through that and not bail and fail? To meet and then you, sit on the sidelines for years uh, man, until you think uh, it's all better. Yeah, I'm listening. So, we, 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 number one, we have financial capacity, which is can you take a big loss and still meet your retirement goals? And for most investors who have been through two big downside moves in the market, you know, 2002, 2002, and 2008, the answer would be a resounding no. And yet people are positioned because they've been chasing, you know, the S&P 500 return indexes based on, you know, the media and the financial industries, uh, you know, um, kind of uh, storyboard, yeah. you know, that you got to uh, perform, you know, passive, uh, low cost passive product to perform like an index. So the problem is that if we do get another big drawdown event, uh, investors are not well armed to be able to handle that again. I, I would agree with you. I mean, you know, another disturbing And there's trend. no way that they have the emotional capacity to to buy and hold through another 50% decline. We talk to people every day, and, you know, people are nervous about taking a big loss. Lots more they people don't in, do that, it. in that Fongo camp. Yeah, you know? fear of not getting out before a big loss. Yeah. They're, they're, and that's just smart. That's just smart thinking right there. So, so check this out, right? This was last week you and I were talking. In 1998, the Russell 2000 decoupled from the S&P 500. Usually during a, a bull market trend, right, uh, the S&P 500 large cap stocks and SMID stocks usually do well in tandem. And in fact, in a bull market cycle, typically Russell 2000 stocks, because the growth aspects there, earnings and revenue are a little bit hotter than large cap, will do better for a period of time. Now, towards the end of the cycle. That certainly has happened in this cycle. My gosh, growth stocks and tech stocks, you know, just like in the 90s. Not so fast. Unbelievable. Friend, uh, decoupling in 1998, right? Mm -hmm. Before the tech bubble burst. Yes. So it's kind of like the writing was on the wall, so to speak, right? So from uh, July of 1998 to July of 1999, that one-year time frame, I just went back very quickly to compare it to the most recent one-year time frame, right, which I'll get to in a second. The Russell 2000 was negative 0.18% over that one-year period. The S&P 500 up a whopping 21%. Can you believe that? So small and mid-cap stocks, the Russell 2000. Really uh, lagged. In ju from July of eight, 98 through July of 99. Yep. Uh, 
had negative returns against a 25% up move by you got it. And here if you go if you go over the same time frame, July 3rd, 2018, July 3rd, 2019, obviously this is 20 some odd years later, uh you know, 20 years to the day. Uh, one-year trailing time frame, Russell 2000's down 5%, down 5.31% over the last one-year period, trailing 12 months, right? And the S&P's up 10.4% positive. It's almost the same spread, same differential on these two charts. Is that signaling that maybe we are, uh, we've got terminal illness here for this market, that it's late stage and... You know, some of these warning signs in the bond market are are uh, also signaling maybe that the cycle uh, might be ending soon. I don't know. You know, what do you think? Don? Well, I, I think that, you know, under normal circumstances, without the Fed and central bankers around the world essentially intervening and dictating, creating the storyboard for the markets and investors, you would definitely have a similar risk factor where. 1998 and 1999 were leading into the teeth of a huge, colossal bear market because the more overvalued part of the market, which was the growth and tech play, didn't go down 50%. The NASDAQ was down 77%, you know, three quarters of your money lost, and it took almost... 15, 18 years to get back to even. It was ridiculous. Right. And nobody bought and held, by the way. People sold low and then sat on the sidelines. And just, you know, when you lose that much capital, the game's over. You're in really big trouble from a financial standpoint. We don't want that to happen to people. And, you know, these are definitely harbingers. You know, harbingers, harbingers Holy of risk. Cow. Yeah, pull out the these, dictionary. Anybody got a dictionary? These are here? harbingers of harbingers, of really significant risk. And you know, I think that if the Fed and central bankers can continue to convince investors that they can save the markets and the economy mm-hmm. by using the same monetary policy toolkit that they have used in the past. That has really not worked so well, especially in Europe and Asia. Well, just look at Deutsche is in the news this past week. Deutsche Bank, Germany is, uh, you know, the strongest European economy. And one of its largest banks is having trouble surviving at the moment in a negative interest rate environment. Was its largest bank. That's why I said one of its largest (laughs) banks. (laughs) Um, So back to the question you know, at hand here. Will he or won't he? We had this jobs number and all I heard on the radio yesterday, I typically am listening to Bloomberg radio on the AM or on Sirius, but uh, on on the AM channel here in the New York City area. And all, all we heard was, if you were listening, you probably heard this blockbuster jobs, you know, 224,000, you know, jobs were added uh, on the most recent report here. Unemployment ticked up, you know, a little bit higher from 3.6 to 3.7 percent. It's off its 50 year low. So when you whenever you get these all time highs or a low, usually things start to shake out a little bit differently in the, you know, time frame that, uh, you know, comes after that. Right. So the retail sector, interestingly enough, Don, cut jobs for the fifth month in a row. 
What's that saying to you? Well, so if retail, which is one of the biggest employee employee bases in the United States, is cut jobs for the fifth month in a row, and we came in with this blockbuster number, I'm calling that fake news. Well, maybe it's... I think the number, right, had more to do with government employment, census-type employment. They build usually about 100,000 jobs at least into the census cycle, and we're about ready to start this census cycle. It's late because uh, President Trump has wanted to have a question about whether or not you're a U.S. citizen on it, and that has delayed it, but the employment is there, and I think that people have been hired over the last month or two. Non-farms, too, non-farm payrolls indicated seasonal employment, like, you know... um, a whole bunch of uh, retail, uh, hospitality, all that kind of good stuff. Um, we're going to take a break, uh, and we'll be right back. At WBI, we believe preserving capital to unleash the power of compounding is the most important element of a successful investment approach. Our investment management system aims to tame the bear and run with the bull. Will you be ready for the next market cycle? Contact our experts today at 1-800-772-5810. All right, and we're back. So, uh, yeah, we had a little bit of a coffee incident here on the set, um, you know, sipping uh, some great. If you're ever in Rumson, New Jersey, go to Brennan's. Uh, really good hazelnut coffee. You know, it's not that kind of like uh, convenience store hazelnut where it's like over hazelnut. You know, it's got too much hazelnut flavor in it. It's syrupy tasting. Enough, now, this with, is, enough with the hazelnut coffee. This is really good. So anyway, right? the, the hazelnut coffee. Come man, on. It's good stuff. So back to, you know, and if you're not following us, follow us on uh, all the Twitter devices, on your device, Twitter, you know, Instagram. We're on all the stuff. Bull Bear Radio, Twitter and Instagram, WBI CEO, WBI President on Twitter. Uh, and, uh, of course, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud. Uh, you know, Google Play, Alexa, play Bull Bear Radio, check it out. So anyway, will he or won't he, right? We were just talking about jobs, breaking it down. Don Schreiber says fake news. I'm talking a little seasonal employment here. Manufacturing additions, by the way, slowed in the latest numbers as well. Well, see, this thing doesn't jive, right? So uh, all, all through uh, June, we had falling uh, manufacturing and service numbers, and we had collapsing numbers on the mm-hmm. uh, economic productivity side. New York all Empire of a, Manufacturing, Philadelphia yeah. Fed, Dallas Fed. I, I mean, mean, the scary, numbers were abominable. Scary numbers, drops, right? They right? big drops. And all of a sudden, we get this humongous uh, jobs print. I'm, I'm, I'm calling fake news on it. I yeah, think I, that I think, I think that, it sounds good to uh, maybe one of those you know, that uh, gets uh, that, potential voters, but I don't think it's accurate. Yeah, and I, I think that the economy is not nearly as strong as some folks would lead you to believe in the uh, media. Yeah, well, U.S. factory growth is the weakest since 2016 across the board. Ten manufacturing PMIs had recently come in from Australia, Taiwan, South Korea, China, Russia, Ireland, Japan, Indonesia, India, and Thailand. They were all released last week, all lower. Yeah, we had we had. uh, Can you uh, say global slowdown? Yeah. Oh gosh, you know, outside the U.S., it's it's a disaster area. You know, Europe is. uh, You know what else is slowing down? What buybacks. Buybacks, yeah, people, it, it, and here's why, right? Buybacks. Q1 2019 earnings, right? 76%, here's the headline, 76% of companies had positive earnings surprises. Why? Because 
They were expecting negative numbers, and they came in just above negative to positive. And so 76% of companies beat expectations. The fact is that we went from really strong, positive growth in 2017 and 18 in terms of earnings. 2018, we had uh, three consecutive prints at more than 20% compounded growth in earnings. And then all of a sudden, Q1 of 2019, it goes uh, no growth, flat. Yep. Up up one point five or two percent. It's this quarter, this quarter. It's going to be ugly, ugly. Mm, it could be. Well, cli- you know, uh, companies, not clients. Companies uh, now revised expectations analyst, yeah. way, 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 way. Analyst down. expectations way down. are really negative, and it wouldn't surprise me if they set companies up to create positive beats surprises or surprises but there's still going to be negative numbers and i don't really care about the number of companies that are positively surprising on negative expectations Mm -hmm. man when we got negative earnings negatives negative dude is negative yeah when you got negative negative growth is negative growth negative earnings tends to take overvalued stocks down quite a bit in terms of price prices move down okay fast. okay so you just I, and you, you're like reading my mind here it's phenomenal so the pe multiple for the s&p 500 on a trailing 12 month basis 22.6 watch, watch out right which that's it, high bro right you normally it's under 16 so let's do the math on that real quick right so you got uh uh, you know, uh, 22, it's like a 50% divide by 16. 50% decline, dude. It, yeah, dude. It's, it's, it's a huge decline. It's big. It's, it's like 30% just it, to go back to an average PE. So even if it doesn't go to average, we just get, you know, if you go to bear market, bear markets cut it in just half. Down That's 20%. a 10, 10.8 was the low right. in 08. Right. But you could, you could see, you could see real easy here. With will he or won't he? Because, mm-hmm. you know, as far as we can tell. Got to keep that asset bubble intact, baby. Yeah, they're going to try. He'll try to dance around this thing. He's going to be very careful. Has Chairman a Fed chairman ever danced in front of Congress before? Oh, yeah. Well, they've got him. They've got him. Uh, you know, like you, you ever see Hangman, you know, the Hangman game? Yeah. Well, Congress kind of goes through a process of Hangman when it comes to the poor chair. Uh, of the Fed, you know, the chairman of the Fed. Well, they, and, they do and, that with anybody. Yeah, really. I know. And and it's it, this is going to be uh, particularly contentious. Mm-hmm. So I would expect today, actually, he's uh, uh, speaking. Yeah. T- tomorrow, Wednesday, no, Thursday. No, I understand that. Yeah, but yeah. today he's talking about, you know, whether banks are uh, financially solvent. And he has an opportunity the to- Fed con- stress test. He mm-hmm. has an opportunity yep. to control the microphone up there in Boston. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gives us a little inkling- of how he's feeling about um, the potential for a rate cut today while he's got control of the mic and people aren't trying to hang him, you know, flay him alive right in front of Congress. Right. Well, they got a really good center fielder up there yeah. that, uh, you know, can catch all kinds of stray balls, you okay. know. So that's that's good, I guess, well, that hey, he's up man. in Boston today. He, Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, plays he, center field. Chairman know, Powell the, uh, cannot Red afford Sox. 
to foul tip any balls today. He's got to hit one right well, out of the park. He's got to get the market calm, investors calm, about the potential for no rate cut in wow, July. That, that's, oh, that's, that's a lofty, oh, that's man, a lofty goal with uh, he's, he's, JVJ uh, you know, uh, he's patrolling gonna, center field out there, man. He, he's going to have to hit that long ball, man, this, real far to get it out of the park up there. He's dancing on the tightrope, baby. Yep. So 93% chance. You know, that rates are supposed to drop 25% at this next 25 basis points. I mean, 25 basis points at the next meeting here. So, Don. Go. What do clients do? If you're an investor right now. Man, I tell you what. You know, what should you do? If you're an investor and you have participated in this market cycle, which has been a really strong bull trend, and you've made money, Mm -hmm. it's time to cash some chips in. And take some risk off the table. I saw that. You sent me something on that this morning where there's a hey, lot of risk. Morgan, Morgan Stanley came out and said for the next five years, you're going to have zero return. Yeah, they also said that we're going to be in the and, next you know, three months and experience because, and, a huge drop correct, in stocks. Right. Three months. The next three months are going to be risky. Adjust your portfolio risk metrics, your risk tolerance. Get your mind wrapped around the fact that we have much more downside potential and losses are seven times more powerful than gains in determining your eventual success as an investor. And listen, right now, you want to make sure that you are protecting the bank. Well, Raymond James. Get the Brinks truck out. (laughs) Make sure you got some armed guards around your capital. Speaking about banks, right? Raymond James downgraded a whole bunch of regional banks yesterday. Why is that? Uh, Because interest rates keep falling. Again, and that that hurts their capacity to make money, correct? Regional banks, you know, the the big money center banks, they're investment banks, right? Of the old school, they got M and A revenue. They've got all kinds of different revenue sources. The regional banks make money lending to consumers and businesses, and on deposits. When you have and the other business lines are not as developed and strong as they are for the integrated big banks, correct? The margin on 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 lending and interest rates collapses as rates fall. They have no margin capacity. Their profitability goes down. Their growth in revenue goes down. It's a bad storyboard for banks, especially the regional and small banks. Yep. All right. So if the market's up, you know, close to 20% this year, right? One thing I think people miss. Up so far 20% this year. <laughs> one, it's only the halfway mark. One thing I think they miss is that over the last year, the market's not up that much. Right. As you saw, July to July, up 10 percent without uh, June's phenomenal run in there. You are just above uh, flat, up a few percentage points with May in there. The S&P was up just under 9 percent during the month of June. Right. So half the return for the years come in June. Right. Well, uh, Chairman Powell spoke. On January 4th and June 4th, the two days that he spoke so far this year, right, have accounted for across all of the major indexes, Dow, S&P, and NASDAQ, approximately 50% of the return year to date. On each speaking engagement, without Powell pushing the markets up, the Fed essentially saying, we got your back, we're going to lower interest rates, which now is in question. His storyboard since January has been the Fed is going to accommodate 
and be lowering interest rates if the economy weakens, if the data tells us this. Right. The data just got stronger on the jobs report, which unfortunately the Fed puts a lot of credence in. And you had because it's those, this, it's 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 their one of their two dual mandates. So if you take those two days and add a third, the post Christmas rally day, right? The the run we've had here, right, is really non-existence from a duration, uh, like a duration perspective, right? Those three days are most of the return here in this most recent rally. It's three days. I've been saying this for years. It's three the, days. The Fed is not only manipulating the market. But the Fed now is creating the market storyboard. And investors are expecting the Fed to come through again. So, but without those three days, the market be in correction territory still. Yes. There is nothing holding the market up except for the Fed. Except for Jerome Powell here. Right. Okay, so we'll see what he says on Wednesday or Thursday and, and, and hope for the best. Mario Draghi just, you know, he... he oh, I hear he's out of, he's out of a job. And, he, went and all, he, he went all in <laughs> saying, man... We're going to, uh, you know, go back into our toolkit. We're going to lower interest rates to even more negative territory. Right. And we're going to do easing and we're, we're going to buy bonds back. And, and after that, we're just going to start, uh, and you if know, you think, throwing money out of helicopters. And if you think it's tough to make money in the United States with a positive interest rate environment, banks lose money in a negative interest rate environment. They lose money every day. There's no way for them to make money. That's why Commerce Bank and Deutsche Bank and all of the other big banks, Credit Suisse, these banks are really having a hard time staying in existence. Yeah. These are the biggest banks outside the U.S. So a lot of risk, in, in other words. A lot of risk here unless, you know, we can have uh, global growth pick back up. And, and heal this thing again. And it won't happen through monetary policy. I keep saying this. We need massive and prolonged fiscal stimulus. We are wasting capital, precious government resources, taxpayer money, by using monetary policy, which is an ineffective tool to get long-term economic growth. You need long-term capital committed and funded and that's infrastructure spending by the government. There's no one else going to step in. If you do that, not only in Europe, they're doing it in China, right? The government does massive fiscal stimulus. In the United States, we haven't had much. We need massive trillions of dollars of fiscal stimulus. That would lift economies and that, all around the world. And it's not and forever. Get us, get us out of this fix that It's a we're short in. period of time, a couple of years, two, three you years. Know, you, you really need a five-year program. Yeah, but I mean, you ramp and, it and up. You would it's, have it's you would have for a couple of very, years. You would have a ten-year economic growth cycle that would remind you of the 1950s and 60s happy days again. It'd right. be a boom worldwide prosperity. It'd be phenomenal. We are wasting all of our capital and firepower by letting the central banks dictate monetary policy infrastructure because, because politicians are afraid. Because they don't, want, they don't want to spend the money. They don't want they to don't, increase the debt level. They don't want huge, to take the hugely unpopular. They don't want to take the responsibility for doing their job and standing in front of voters and saying, "Look, this is the way out. We've got your back," and convincing voters that this is the right thing to do. No one wants to do that. They think, "Oh, I won't get elected if I do that." So instead of doing the right thing, they're worried about getting elected. 
All right. Well, hey, you heard it here. Infrastructure spending is the way out of this thing. It doesn't matter will he or won't he. It's all about the infrastructure spend. Just throwing more good money down the drain. This is Bull Bear Radio, where each week you can count on our real market news and advice. Catch all of our podcast episodes at WBIinvestments.com. Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views presented are those of the podcast participants and should not be construed as investment advice. Podcast participants or clients of WBI may own stocks discussed in this recording. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. This is not an offer to buy or sell any security. No security or strategy, including those referred to directly or indirectly, is suitable for all accounts or profitable all of the time. And there is always the possibility of loss. You should not assume that any discussion or information provided here serves as a substitute for personalized investment advice from WBI or any other investment professional. If you have questions regarding the applicability of specific issues discussed to your individual situation, please consult with WBI or your chosen professional advisor. This information is compiled from sources believed to be reliable. Accuracy cannot be guaranteed. WBI's advisory operations, services, and fees are in the form ADV available upon request. You are not permitted to publish, transmit, or otherwise reproduce this information in whole or in part in any format to any third party without the express written consent of WBI Investments Inc.